On this episode of Reliterated, divorce can take a terrible toll on children, but usually that doesn't involve getting them stranded in the Canadian wilderness and forced to survive with nothing but the clothes on their back, a couple nature documentaries worth of knowledge, 20 bucks, and a hatchet. Oh, so you get two Christmases? Boo-hoo. When his parents got divorced, Brian Robeson got a face full of mosquitoes every night in the pitch-black darkness and food poisoning from some cherries he found while pulling porcupine quills out of himself. Now quit complaining and get in the car. We're going to your mom's. And on the way, we're listening to Hatchet on the season three premiere of Reliterated, the podcast that cuts like a knife, but it feels so right. Welcome back to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown-ass adults reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. And man, does it feel good to be saying those words again. We are back, gentlemen. Yes. Indeed. Took a between-season hiatus uh, from, gosh... Since uh, early April, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Now here we are. Yeah, we took it. We took a decent little chunk this time. If you're just joining us for the first time, I'm Andy. I'm Harold, and I'm Josh. And have we got a show for you? Especially if you uh, grew up in the '90s, going to school and particularly public school, and uh, getting assigned books to read. Because this week we've got a uh, book that I believe I was assigned to read either for a book report or like a class reading project. But today we're doing Hatchet by Gary Paulson. I was not assigned this book. So for me, this was the first time I read this. Wow, really? I read this when I was into the whole, like I pretty much read this right after I read My Side of the Mountain, I believe. So because I was into the woods stuff, you know, I lived in the woods. So (laughs) this sort of stuff appealed to me. (laughs) I thought of my side of the mountain all through this book and oh was, yeah yeah there's mm-hmm. just so many com- yeah yeah you know what I was actually looking at that episode uh, today and uh, we are about just about a year to the day of when we actually recorded that episode <laughs> so oh wow wow a year after doing my side of the mountain we are doing hatchet nice excellent and it makes sense because uh, Hatchet is definitely more mature than My Side of the Mountain. And Far more realistic. In this last year, I think I think we've all become more mature. Mm-hmm. And I know I've become more realistic. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty much still about the same. Somewhere in between dutiful worker and... <laughs> God damn it, I don't want to do that. <laughs> So yeah, in in the time since we started taking our hiatus, uh, what have what have we all been up to? Uh, I went back to work, and it's been great being back at work. Actually, walking around, talking to other human beings, and I even returned to the scene of the travesty, and <laughs> uh, have been working in there and really enjoying it. So I'm I'm glad for all that to be, and every day I'm getting better and better. I actually finally uh, just kind of lost my little bit of a limp. After a long day, I'm like, ah, this sucks, I need to sit down, but mm. it's getting there. The calf muscles building back up? Oh yeah, the leg feels, the leg's feeling pretty good already. That's all kind of getting back to normal. I'm on my, I, I like to stay on my feet, so... 
but yeah, no, I, uh, I would tell anyone that if you're planning on trying to break your foot or your ankle or anything that is part of your <laughs> mobility, um, don't <laughs> zero out of 10 would not do again. Advise against it. <laughs> Josh, what have you been up to over the past month? Oh, you know, uh, I've been working, uh, doing, doing stuff at my job because, uh, it's been a little bit stressful with uh, trying to help out a lot of kids, so there's a lot going on there. When I'm not there, I uh, have been working out a lot, and uh, I started doing a, a CrossFit-type training thingy. Uh, I have a sledgehammer, and I hit a tire uh, with that, and I yeah, I basically use a sledgehammer as, as a weight, and have been doing that to work out, and I have been... Also walking a lot, so and I changed my diet dramatically, so I've actually lost some weight, and I went down a belt notch today. So pretty happy with uh, the progress I've made, and I'm going to continue on with it. And uh, also, I'm angry right now. I I purchased an electric bicycle, but one of the pedals won't go on. But I'm going to buy other pedals anyway, but still irritating (laughs) because I want to ride my bike and I can't. I don't want to overshadow Josh's pedals, but I also started doing something in the last month that I haven't done in many, many years, and I've actually been sticking to it. What's that? I started writing a book, and I've made it. I've made it. I'm at 35 pages, somewhere around 15,000 words. So I've actually been doing that. Excellent. (laughs) Josh is supposed to be my accountability buddy. I was going to say, I'm (laughs) glad my gentle prodding uh, helped you along with that. (laughs) Yeah, I look forward to reading your work. Oh, don't look forward to it. I'm still not promising anything. I'm still riddled with ADHD, but like. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. You need a proofreader or whatever. Hit me up. All right. I mean, he might need a, uh, he might need a, a, uh. Sound guy in the future. <laughs> audio, we do an audiobook. <laughs> yeah, if you need an audiobook, I know somebody that does them. Nice. And that somebody is me. That's what, <laughs> I've, been doing. That's what I've been doing over the past month, uh, taking on audiobook work. Uh, I haven't been exercising because I've been so busy with uh, with audiobook work and uh, work for uh, the hockey team. Uh, I've been going to a lot of garage sales, trying to, to find some deals and build up my video game collection. That's been kind of fun. Uh, hanging around a lot with Janelle, just uh, eating junk food and getting fatter. I went up a belt notch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you found it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I found it. Yep. You lost it. I found it, bro. Was but, it yeah. at Arby's? I still go there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's where I found it. It was in Arby's, just sitting on the floor. Oh, look, it's a belt notch. <laughs> you know what? Arby's has gotten a bad rap over the years, and I want to. I just want to say that I I think their their food is delicious. I wish they would had their chink, chicken fingers that I had okay. when they were a kid, when I was a kid, that they chicken don't have fingers. anymore. But man, those chicken fingers were so good. They were like zesty and oh fuck, I wish I could get those. Mm. Well, they have some sort of chicken fingers. Nowadays. Yeah, it's just not the same. They don't taste. So they're not two, chicken fingers. <laughs> two things happened for me today. I saw this whole discussion about Arby's getting a bad rap over the years, which blew my fucking mind because I've always thought people loved Arby's, right? Yeah, I agree. And then I saw that Ed McMahon never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse. 
The fuck? Right? Uh, Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. <laughs> we have, we man- have shifted dimensions. We've shifted Wait. dimensions. You're telling me Ed McMahon didn't work for Publishers Clearinghouse? Wait, he didn't he didn't work for them. He just what delivered their checks. He didn't deliver their checks. He was never what? associated with Publishers was, Clearinghouse. Oh, he no, was never that? associated with Publishers Clearinghouse. Bullshit. Oh, I call bullshit on that. Fuck that. He, no, he did. He was never <laughs> associated with Publishers Clearinghouse. He was associated with a thing like Publishers Clearinghouse, oh. but it wasn't very well known. Oh, it was a was it because we're from different- it, was it a Michigan thing? Is it because we no, were from- dude? But it wasn't really well known. So for Ed McMahon to stick out so much, attached. <laughs> I remember him clearly being attached to Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah, I don't even remember. The two names were synonymous. One. No, like you hear you hear about getting big checks and money show up at your door. You the people say, oh, yeah, Ed McMahon show up at your door. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, nope. He worked for something else. Oh. The man. Oh my god, I, no. I binged it, and <laughs> this just isn't. This uh, is why impossible. did we have to come to the Mandela this effect? Universe. Is yeah, Mandela. Dude. Yeah, dude. Way oh, to go, Doctor Strange. I told Doctor you. Strange changed things again. Did you guys see that movie, by the way? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't you seen, haven't it, seen yet. it yet. Okay, so we cannot discuss the details. Nope. But, I gotta but go this see is the it. real multiverse of madness here. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and like I say, you're talking about Arby's, like people like, oh, Arby's got a bad rap. Like, dude, Arby's? I know like, a lot I'm, of jokes were made at Arby's expense. Like, there was yeah, a, like was on a the huge Simpsons. running thing on the, uh, on no, the Simpsons. Dude. And on The Daily Show, uh, Jon Stewart would make repeated jokes about how Arby's was terrible. This is the first I'm hearing about this, and I watched The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. <laughs> There's a what? Simpsons thing. I'm so hungry, I can eat a horse. I'm so hungry, I I'm can so eat hungry, at Arby's. I can eat at Arby's. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was when they get stranded on an island. When ah. uh, the kids, it was the, the Model UN episode where they uh, got in the bus crash off a bridge and somehow <laughs> washed up on a deserted island i could be not i could not know on a simpsons episode easily because i haven't watched simpsons in 15 years right but i guess i haven't watched john stewart either but i just don't remember people hating arby's but this come on publishers clearinghouse ed mcmahon like that's that that's one blows right, my right? mind well, you listen to Matty Ice and Marky Mark, and they, they talk about Arby's sometimes, about how they're terrible, but I don't know. I worry about those boys sometimes, about their gastrointestinal systems, because just about everything gives them the shits. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they might have, like, IBS, and they just don't even know it. I think so. <laughs> Hopefully you guys don't have that problem where you're men, so you won't go to the doctor and have them just... Take a little look under the hood. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. it's okay. Yeah. I go to yep. the doctor. We all we all need to get a finger up in the bum a bit, uh, time to time. I went to a doctor, a dentist. <laughs> Got my teeth fixed today, so nice. Half my face was numb most of the day. That was fun. <laughs> Speaking of getting stranded and surviving, let's yes. talk about Hatchet by Gary Paulson, first published. In 1986. That almost felt like an edited segue. <laughs> like you edited yeah. it in. <laughs> You got us going. Editing on the fly. Excellent. Yep. I'm that good. Go ahead. So let's talk about Gary Paulson, guys. Well, Ca- Gary Paulson was a very cool dude, actually. He had a... What a life did he have? He, uh... 
He was born. Oh, what a life he led. <laughs> now we're getting wholesome now. Oh my goodness, let me tell you about this gear. Well, he did he did more than uh, he did more than uh than just uh was you know, he wrote some stuff and then was around. No, he actually did some shit. <laughs> so nice. Uh he was born in Minneapolis in uh nineteen thirty-nine and his father was in the army and joined General Patton's staff. And so he lived in Minnesota and in Chicago until after World War II. And then he went to the Philippines to join his father where he was stationed. And he actually wrote about that in the book Eastern Sun, Winter Moon, where he talks about his voyages over there. And actually, he in elementary school, he was quite deficient at literary class and struggled with it. So... That's deficient, not efficient. Deficient. Yes. He was deficient. De- not very good at the studies. Not good at at the book learning. Hmm. And yet he wound up writing how many books in his career? So many. I, I'm looking at his bibliography. It's quite a bit. Yeah, it's very extensive. And they, they don't list a number, but oof, over t- over 200 books. But there are, like, right here, the notable works are Hatchet, The River, Dog Song, Wood Song, Winter Dance, The Winter Room, Harris and Me. And in the article, he also has some autobiographical books. Uh, one is called Guts, The True Stories Behind Hatchet and the Brian Books, where he talks about uh, surviving and learning those skills in Minnesota. Mm. Based on real life experiences, huh? Says he barely mentions his parents except to say they were too busy being drunk to stock the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so that's his own little survival tale there. Surviving uh, lazy parents. Yeah. He said he had bought his own school supplies with and had a 22 shot single shot like uh, they talk about in the book a little bit. And then he gave up the rifle and made his own bow and arrows. So he used that to hunt deer, <laughs> which... Uh, that's what when I wanted to hunt, that is what I was going to do. Uh, but I figured out very early that hunting is not for me. <laughs> so. I, I'm just imagining you building your own bow. <laughs> oh, I didn't build my own bow. No, I had a nice. No, no, I no. Like you're like that's that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go. <laughs> like he's. You wanted to be a bow hunter. Uh, no, if I was going to hunt, because growing up in going where I hunt. did, a lot of people hunted. So I was just like, oh, uh-huh. I'm going to be, I'm going to go out and hunt like everybody else does. And then I went out there and I strapped myself in and I woke up three hours later and I was like, I could have did this in my bed. And that's <laughs> my first and last time I went out bow hunting by myself. <laughs> Sounds so. about right. Yep. I think I went turkey hunting with my dad once and figured out quickly that that's not the life for me. I've never, I've gone out with people that are hunting, but I've always been like just sitting there and they've got a rifle and they're waiting on deer. Never seen someone shoot a deer. Yeah. No. But I do like shooting. I mean, when I go, yeah, shooting is when fun. I come up there with, with you, Harold, we go and skeet shoot. So we will shoot some skeet. And I will skeet, bring skeet, ear skeet. protection this time in case you forget it again. <laughs> well, we can just go get some earplugs, but <laughs> last time you're yeah. like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> like, so I said, uh, I said I had read Dog Song earlier, but I think I actually read Wood Song mm. by Gary Paulson mm. uh, for for a class. I don't remember it at all, but that's definitely something we should look at. Uh, one interesting thing about uh, Paulson was that he actually entered the Iditarod trail sled yes. dog race and he placed 41st out of 54 finishers with an official time of 17 days 12 hours 38 minutes 38 seconds in 1983 
Now, so, mind you, he <laughs> placed 41 out of 54 finishers. Yeah, because a that, lot of people don't finish. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't finish. So even finishing the I Did a Rod is an achievement. Because mm. he did run it a few other times, but he was he always had to pull out for mm-hmm. various reasons. And he actually retired due to heart disease. But then years later in 2003, he got back into it. But yeah, 1985 and 2006, he was withdrawn, scratched. So, and then he passed away not too re- not too long ago, uh, October 13th, 2021, in uh, New Mexico. So from cardiac arrest, which is similar to how the pilot died in the book. So Ooh, hmm, interesting. Foreshadowing his own life. Probably yeah. not. He wasn't a pilot. Well, he wasn't so. flying a plane, I hope. Was yeah. he flying a plane? Nope. He was just chilling at his house in Tularosa, New Mexico. So. <laughs> Sounds like he had a storied life, though. That's very nice. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. At least 200 stories. So Yeah, I'd be interested in reading reading some more of his stuff. I liked his writing style. Yeah, it was a very good writing style. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It kept me uh, kept me intrigued, kept me turning the pages, and the story was really good too. So, talking about story, let's get into it. You got a you yeah. got a Bob's your uncle summary for us. We got the Bob's yeah. your uncle. Let's launch right into Newberry Honor Award winning Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Meet Brian Robison. Is it Robison or Robeson? Robison? Is that what you guys want? The audiobook of it was Robeson. Robeson. That's how I said it in my mind, too. Yeah, Robeson. Meet Brian Robeson. He's a child of divorce who knows that his mother was having a secret affair. He is on his way to an oil field in northern Canada to visit his dad and hasn't decided if he will tell him or not. During a flight on a small plane, the pilot, a man of few words, lets Brian fly for a moment. He then immediately has a heart attack and dies in front of the 13-year-old Brian, who finds himself guiding the plane as best he can until it runs out of fuel. Deciding whether to tell his dad the secret becomes a trivial matter when Brian crashes down in a small lake in the Canadian wilderness. Luckily, his mother had given him a hatchet before he left, opening up the B story. More on that later. Brian is no Sam Gribbley, but he's no Andy, Harold, or Josh either and manages to get himself some food. He does consistently drink from the lake and never talks about diarrhea, so the story could be embellished a bit. Brian fumbles his way to success in the woods as he survives and becomes more comfortable in the vast wilderness. He encounters some dangerous animals and has a few misses with search planes. He gets himself pretty well set with a spear, bow, and shelter. He feels he is becoming different, and then a moose totally rocks his shit. He loses all his cool stuff and hobbles back to his shelter to rest and gather himself. A tornado rolls through the, his area when he is recovering from the moose thrashing and exposes the tail of the plane in the water. Brian builds a makeshift raft and makes his way to the plane. While trying to get it open, he drops the hatchet into the lake. Seeing the hatchet as life, Brian swims down and recovers it despite the risks. Once he gets the plane open, he recovers a survival pack, a gun, food, and other valuable items from the plane. He makes it back to shore, and after two months of this stuff being a little ways away in the plane, he dries off and looks through his bounty. He switches on a device, but believes it's broken. Shortly after, a plane flies over and lands in the lake, saving Brian just as he was getting all set. In the epilogue, we get a short idea of what life is like for Brian back in the regular world. Brian battled with wanting to tell his dad the secret of the other man, but never did, possibly because of the B story. And Bob's your uncle. That's Hatchet. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Well, all right. But you did leave out one part that they definitely talk about multiple times, and that is the smell in the plane as the man is dying. <laughs> well, I don't, that's not being left out, Josh. It's, it's that this is the summary of the story. We can talk about the gritty parts. Yeah, you yeah. don't include everything in the Bob's Your Uncle. Oh, man, that that part, though, when he was like talking about it, I was like, okay, yeah, that's a natural reaction. That's what would happen. Okay. Yeah, he's having a fart attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keeps grabbing his arm. I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. The his left the... arm is, uh, yeah, just dying. Just all the signs are there. When you're, when I first read it when I was younger, I was like, oh, so that's what the signs are. That's what you got to look for. And now as an adult, I'm like, yep, those are definitely the signs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's was... amazing that uh, Paul, Gary Paulson dealt with. Uh, like uh, heart disease and ultimately died of a cardiac arrest and everything. So maybe he had those kind of heart problems earlier on. And uh, I don't know, was frequently contemplating going through a heart attack. I don't know. Maybe. Well, he did have heart disease uh, in 1990. And so this would have been definitely first and foremost on his mind when he wrote this. So I believe that, yeah, it was him writing about something that he was possibly scared of and maybe it motivated him to get better health or something like that because obviously he lived for a lot longer. So did you say he was diagnosed in 1990? Well, that's when he retired from the dog race, sled racing was because of of his uh, heart disease. Heart disease. Yeah. And then he wrote this just a few years previous. Mm -hmm. So he probably had heart problems. And then, yeah, hmm, maybe. makes sense to me. Hmm. We'll have to get a Ouija board and ask him. Yeah, I'm intrigued by this B story. Yeah, what's the, what's like, your B story? <laughs> as so. so, as Brian's mom is uh, um, saying goodbye to him, she gifts him a hatchet. Yes. Is it his birthday or something, or just uh, here's a uh, something? Because he's, I think it's just because he's going to be in the out in the wild in the wilderness with his dad, and so it's like a cool thing that she can give him that he can maybe use up there. For whatever reason. I mean, as long as the plane doesn't go down, that, that story works, yeah. But what right, if right. Yeah, the we pilot... start the we start the story in midair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if the pilot was poisoned before takeoff? Hmm. And what if mom wanted the plane to crash? Because <gasps> then Brian wouldn't be able to tell his dad that she was having an affair before the divorce. Because hmm. Brian's dad works for an oil field, which means he's getting buku bucks. Brian's 13. This divorce is pretty recent. They were married long enough for alimony to be take place, depending uh. where they live, right? And if Brian tells dad, well, then he's got a chip. So she wants the plane to go down, but in a twisted, like, motherly love thing, she gives him a hatchet just in case he survives the crash. <laughs> So killing her son would ensure that she gets more alimony? No, she continues to get the alimony. She continues? Yes. Because if he goes, no idea how divorce law works. (laughs) I don't really know myself, but I do remember watching shows where when somebody was found to have been cheating and that causes a divorce, uh, liar, liar, actually. Oh, okay. Now we're going by the liar, liar statute. Yes, the liar, liar statute. I don't know that it's true, but this is a book, (laughs) so it's a fictional world. So, uh huh, uh huh. The law applies. (laughs) 
<laughs> one fictional world to applies. another. Applies. <laughs> <laughs> they live. In, they exist in the same universe. Yep. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that. Hatchet is in the Liar Liar yep. universe. The Brian saga. Yeah, Liar Liar is just another installment in the Brian saga. How do you like that, Josh? Is that the same universe as like the Santa Claus? <laughs> I think that one's the same, yeah. Okay. Intriguing theory. That makes, yeah. that makes sense. Now in my head. <laughs> but uh, she's a real estate agent, so they make pretty good money. <laughs> so. But she wants more, dude. She's just sick. She gives her kid a hatchet so he'll survive in the woods if he makes it through the plane crash after she poisoned the pilot. Yeah, you that's... think that it's about the money? Ooh, I feel man. your I feel your beef story is a bit far fetched. Just slightly. People in real estate, they just can't get enough. They just keep wanting more. You are you are not thinking of all the greed, Josh. The greed. True. I I guess it was just the uh, I would be I was like uh, she would be getting child support for sure. So. Oh. I don't think it would be hard to get the alimony as well. Yeah, but she's not worried about the child support runs out. When he turns 18. <laughs> yeah. He's 13 already. That's five years. Alimony. That's yeah. what I want to keep. I don't get the, th- the, the whole concept of alimony, really. I don't either. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a compelling story. That's yeah. why people watch daytime television. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, obviously this this blonde-haired fellow, it doesn't make very good money because he drives a station wagon like a loser, but- Who's the blonde-haired fellow? Meeting secret at a mall parking lot. That's the secret lot. guy. Oh, that's the guy, yeah, yeah. The secret, you know, the, the, the words that they- re- that, that they uh, repeat over and over, and then it turns over out over it again. means nothing because he never Secrets. actually tells the, the father. Voice. The secret. He just yeah, lets it- and that's- He doesn't tell his, his mind. dad because- he kind of knows deep down. He gets the message from the hatchet. He kind of knows deep down. He gets mom... the message from the hatchet. The hatchet is sending a message. Yeah, yeah. Well, the message that, you know, I could have let you, you could have just died, but I gave you this hatchet. So maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe don't tell your dad. Like, that's what it meant. That's what she was trying to say. But it was really convoluted. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't go with that. Uh- <laughs> it's a B story. Sure. What, what kind of B stories have we had so far, right? Have any of the B stories been anything that made any sense? That actually, I feel, had a lot more thought put into it than most of the other B stories. That's true. It did have more thought put into it. I mean, no one fucked any falcons, but still. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, he could have fucked up a, a pork. Uh... What was it? A porcupine, a bear, a moose. Oh yeah! But that moose was he got a fucked dom, up by a porcupine. So, so he did get <laughs> fucked moose. by a moose. A moose fucked him. Mm-hmm. Good and mosquitoes. <laughs> billions and billions of mosquitoes. Yes, the mosquitoes fucked him too. Yes, that was painful for me to to read about. Right. Like holy shit! Like that many mosquitoes just constantly engulfing him. Ugh. Yeah, that was yeah. not fun. I mean, I've been in northern Michigan where they're bad, but not that bad. Holy crap. I think right. just being in any type of bad. civilization will keep them away somewhat. And then, but just out in the woods like that. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <gasps> he gets I, skunked, too, at some point. Yeah, he did get skunked. But guys, I just re- I just remembered something. I just remembered when what? I was at wilderness camp in, I think I was in sixth grade. David was probably in like fifth grade or fourth grade. We went to a wilderness camp. And oh my god, the mosquitoes were the worst. 
they've oh they were that bad they were as bad as that holy crap i remember it now oh my god it was so traumatic i blotted it out of my memory (laughs) (laughs) holy shit those mosquitoes were fucking terrible oh because it was just out in the woods (gasps) oh god we are unlocking repressed memories here on the show holy shit dude (laughs) i forgot about that camp oh my god i just remembered a time from a past life when I was engulfed in mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy, though. Wow, I forgot about that. That's crazy. And uh, speaking of the the secret, like, I think this book did appeal to me because at, at that time, my parents were going through a divorce. So that probably, I was able to identify with that. So that probably, book probably helped me out. And that's probably what was so... Uh, Fond of a memory to reread it because man, I did like it again. It was a page turner. I had it done in two nights. So, <laughs> yeah, divorce was a heavy topic in this book. And yeah. I mean, for this kid to be dealing with that, you know, his parents go through divorce, he's going to visit his dad, then he gets lost in the fucking wilderness. And, and I want to, so he gets hit by the porcupine. How long did they say he was gone? Like 56 days at the end of it. He had only been gone for 56 days. Only 56 days? Nailed. Like almost I'd two months? <laughs> Sure, sure. But the guy said they stopped looking for you two months ago. Mm. So I thought that was odd. Like, God, they stopped looking two months ago? <laughs> but- well, now your B story is making more sense. Because mm. <laughs> she's like, oh, no, we don't have to look for him. I gave him my Call hatchet. The search. He's fine. Clearly, he's dead. <laughs> dead as been a alone doornail. for 54 days. Yes. <laughs> but you said you gave him a hatchet. He might still be alive. <laughs> How unlikely would that be, sir? <laughs> He's out there. Well, so he gets nailed by that porcupine. He survives a plane crash. Uh-huh. Uh, gets nailed by the porcupine. Uh, and like those two injuries, like right off the bat, man, those would be pretty decently bad. You'd think. I mean, even when he was pulling him out, he's just like fucking pull it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Brian has a healing factor. <laughs> it's so it's very <laughs> gradual because he was talking about his face being swollen and ugly and messed sure, up. Sure, sure, sure. It's gradual, but it's, I mean, like, you know, he sure comes back quick. <laughs> he was swimming. I mean, he, he got stomped by a curb stomped by a moose and then swam out and beat open an airplane and swam down to the bottom of the lake to get the hatchet. Yeah, that was that was pretty quick there between the getting getting his shit rocked by the moose because you got to consider like he's probably got like either broken or bruised ribs, right? Mm-hmm. And he's very soon after that diving uh, for for his hatchet, right? He does take a few days to build that raft. Yeah, but in still between, a few days. Still, yeah, yeah. For, I've had bruised ribs, broken and... or bruised ribs. Just a few days didn't help. What helped was the painkillers they gave me. That was the only way I was able to breathe without pain. Yeah, he had none of that. Maybe his mutant power is just surfacing. He's 13, he's going through puberty, his mutant power is surfacing. Mm, mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's it didn't also take the Sam Gribbley that universe, long. The Marvel Universe. Oh, wait, no, it's not. We're not. <laughs> nope. This isn't what if. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but he does have a more realistic hard time than Sam Gribbley ever oh, did. Oh, for sure. 
He even uh, went through stuff of eating the wrong thing and having to puke, and I think I think he's, uh, there was diarrhea involved. Yeah, he had choke. Uh, yeah, he had he those did. choke cherries. So after yep, the gut cherries. Yeah, he called them gut cherries, and then we find out later that he did the research and found out they were choke cherries. Mm. So that was a nice thing at the end. It's like, hey, we did a little bit of research for you, so you don't have to do it even though you could now. (laughs) But when it came out, the internet wasn't a thing yet, really, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he did have that, but I mean, he was also drinking out of a, a, a lake and like never had any problem with that. <laughs> what I think part of that was is because it was glacial water and Maybe. it was cold a lot. And so it probably froze over every year, which helps keep microbes at bay. So I think mm-hmm. that just that, you know, being young and able to do it, he was able he was just basically lucky that there was nothing really bad in the lake. So. And he did take care to go out uh, past the shore, beyond the shore, to, to where it was the water was clearer and where all that stuff would like settle, I suppose. Yeah, wh- wh- where because that's basically less... how distillation works, right? Like all the the stuff you don't want to drink settles down to the bottom of a. Mm, you're more. You're not so worried about the dirt and the stuff like that. You're more worried about the microbes in the water that yeah. are swimming around. Yeah, and like the, the bacteria, the, the little bits of decomposing pilot. <laughs> yeah, I just I was surprised that they didn't have him boil the water. <laughs> well, he didn't have anything to boil the water in. He didn't yeah, get the pot and pans because at the end, is when he got the survival pack, he's like, pots and pans, like just the ability to take water from the lake <laughs> back to the camp was just amazing to him. Right, right. So he just, he never had that ability before. So he just had to, you know, help mm-hmm. basically go with his gut. And luckily his gut was able to do it, do okay. Yeah. So. And I guess after a while, your gut bacteria would probably start fighting it anyways. So, mm. right. And the funny thing is, he never got to really use that survival stuff. No, he don't never did. Found because he got rescued pretty quick. It, almost immediately. <laughs> well, yeah. I think <laughs> after it's getting uh, the survival pack from the, from the plane. Yeah. I think it's pretty much like if you hear an emergency beacon, you, you go to it because someone's, right. <laughs> someone needs help. So that was it was pretty funny, but luckily glad he found that stuff. I mean, I wish he would have I wish he would have gone earlier, but he did pretty good for himself. He made a fucking bow and arrow. He made a spear. Mm -hmm. He had he had himself set up pretty good. He was getting good at killing a particular bird. The fool birds, he called them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, he got some rabbits and he got some fish. So he did all right for himself. I really liked how he explained how time passes like days were nothing to him. It didn't matter. A day was a day. But how he he measured things by like first his first meet like and telling the story about how he got the bird and how he Mm. learned how to track the bird and how and that was very interesting and compelling to me. It was just it wasn't like Sam Gribbley like, hey, uh, so I figured out how to find birds. And that was just that it. No, he explained how he's like, I had to find the shape. It wasn't the color. I was looking for the wrong thing. So right. that was cool to me. And basically just time passing the way it did. Like when he saw the and all the animals that he saw, like timber wolves and the bear and the bear just left him alone because he, he wasn't bothering the bear and the bear wasn't bothering him. So mm-hmm. but true, a moose will fuck you up for no reason. Because they're just assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Hippos are the same way. Yeah. Don't hippos kill more people than than any other animal in the world (laughs) every year? Yeah, that's 
big shark propaganda uh, right there is what that is. <laughs> it's pro shark propaganda. Yeah, fucking <laughs> don't be fooled, people. But yeah, hey, no. Harold, uh, did, hey Harold, did you know that uh, sharks follow cruise ships because of the garbage that get thrown that gets thrown out? Mm-hmm. And as, and as a child, Gary Paulson saw a plane crash behind the boat, and the sharks ate the survivors of the plane crash. Is that true? <laughs> That was on his Wikipedia Wikipedia. page. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) He saw that as a child. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's why all his stories take place in northern Canada in the wilderness (laughs) of the woods. Because he's like, fuck away from the fucking ocean. (laughs) Yeah, I meant to bring that up, but we we went past it. And then I just remembered when you said sharks. That's absolutely terrifying, man. That's absolutely terrifying. I yeah, I hate every part of that. (laughs) Fun fact for you. Nice, but yeah. So uh, a moose. I mean, they're they're the size of a horse, or even a little, sometimes a little bigger. Depending on moose, that's just a big fucking animal. I mean, it's you know. I actually thought today. Have you guys seen the cinematic classic with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, Born to Be Wild? Uh, when I was a kid, I haven't seen it in years. Born to be Wild was about three brothers, I want to say they were brothers, that decided to go off with a video camera they had and film uh, wildlife. And they specifically wanted to find this hidden cave where there were all these grizzly bears or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's actually based on one of the more famous wildlife uh, videographers from like the 80s and 90s. Um, But at one point in that movie, Jonathan Taylor Thomas actually rides on a moose's antlers. That's where I was going with that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's quite the journey, huh? Quite the journey. (laughs) But you should check that movie out. Born to be wild. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So, Andy, I, I uh, it's 44 minutes, 33 seconds. You can cut that. <laughs> <laughs> you Josh. Uh, what I was going to say was that there's a guy on TikTok who talks about, has different animal facts, and he talks about mooses and how terrifying they are. And one of the shots is of a moose about 20 feet underwater swimming to an island because they can hold their breath for a long time. Yeah, and they actually fuck wow. with animals underwater. Yeah, that's terrifying. Just, they're jerks. <laughs> <laughs> so I never want to meet a moose in real life. Whether, like, in captivity at a zoo or anything, I just, I don't want to fucks with a moose. So oh, no. Yeah, overall, though, like, I I like this a lot better than My Side of the Mountain because of the the problems, because he didn't have everything figured out. You there know? was actually tension, yeah. yeah. There was actually suspense and drama and... Like you can see his uh his mental processes in like in the style of writing like this the writing gets repetitive and um it's just like digests certain words over and over again uh, but it's to kind of emphasize his state of mind right about how something's running through his head over and over again yeah I really like how they talked how he talked about how was the change in self and the change in his processes. Like he sees so much more, he hears so much more. When he first got there, he was like, you know, the city boy who didn't 
know anything, and the woods basically broke him <laughs> down to a more primal being, and he was able to use that that primal knowledge to be able to survive. I mean, he threw his hatchet in the middle of the night at a creature, and sparks appeared, and then he didn't even remember it till the next morning when he woke up and was trying to remember what the dream was trying to tell him, and then he remembered right. them. And that's how he was able to create fires because they had flint in some of the in some of those limestone that they had there. And even the process of uh, learning how to make the fire from just that bit of knowledge was it was a process and mm-hmm. it took you through every step of it. Yep. Yeah. He kept having to get smaller and smaller pieces of tinder to try and get it started. He, yeah. That was it. Was really interesting. It kept you wanting to see what happened next. Something I thought was was pretty interesting, and <clears throat> I can probably take take with me, um, is how when he was tempted to panic or just stress out about something. Uh, I don't remember if he actually went through with like going through a panic or whatever, but at the end of it, he was like, "Okay, what did that accomplish? Nothing. So is it worth uh, <laughs> giving in to panic? No, because you're not going to accomplish anything that way." Right, which is. Yeah, definitely a good lesson because patience is always going to win out in a situation. Unless you're waiting out like a bomb, like playing chicken with somebody and there's a bomb in the room (laughs) or something. Yeah, if there's an explosive or if like your mom like secretly rigged your hatchet with the time release (laughs) explosive or something. (laughs) It's trying to kill you. Oh, come on, Andy. That's crazy. It's crazy talk. It's crazy talk. We're talking about a a valid plan <laughs> to kill a child in an airplane. <laughs> You're talking about poison the pilots <laughs> by poisoning the pilot. <laughs> what did the pilot do? <laughs> Ooh, maybe. Oh, that's just because that's just because his mom's a sociopath. <laughs> Maybe his mom is also a metahuman and can control the wind. And so she's the one that sent the tornado to make sure that the job was done. And that's actually was her undoing. That is what is what made the plane rise from the bottom. And hopefully killed that moose. Yeah. And hopefully kill that that moose. (laughs) His spiteful hope. I hope the moose got got fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Which is totally, I mean, I, I'd i have to think I'd be thinking the same thing. I'd be like, I hope that fucking tornado killed that moose. <laughs> I don't like that moose very much. It was a very nice moose. <laughs> Here's Sam Gribbley's out here riding moose. Fucking, ah, they all love right? me. <laughs> fucking. Calling his faithful falcon. And yeah. His, <laughs> Brian's his out here weasel like, friend. sucks. Throwing a Halloween party for all the woodland creatures. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Meanwhile, I don't know if Brian was going to survive the winter. Yeah, no, he he wouldn't have survived the winter. He would have been dead. Definitely dead. Got rescued before winter hit. They make a point to mention that near the end of the book that, like, just remember that what he hadn't faced was the winter. (laughs) (laughs) The storms, the wind, the snow. And that would be really awkward if we had put this book in our snow chapter. Yeah, it would have, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we actually (laughs) looked at it. It's perfect for right now. Yeah. It's spring. Uh huh. And it's about a year after doing my side of the mountain. Yep. All on purpose. We did Love it. Love when a plan comes together. 
So sad I never got a sequel. So good. I know. So <laughs> oh, the A Team. Yes. Yeah, the A Team with Liam Neeson. <laughs> I have it on Blu-ray. It's oh, such a great movie. It is. I think we've talked about it before on here. Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We discussed that here. Yeah. We kind of go Hatchet. off on tangents about movies sometimes. <laughs> Hatchet did get some. Uh, uh, some sequels. We see Brian return in The River, otherwise known as Hatchet the Return. Then Brian's Winter. So that's one we could uh, we could put in our snow chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he does face a winter at some point. Brian's Return and Brian's Hunt. Hmm. I'll be interested to learn if he goes there by choice or if other coincidental accidents put him in the wilderness. <laughs> yes, very coincidental. Want me to spoil it for you? No. Okay. Be held in suspense. Um, I am. I like how on the cover there's a picture of a wolf and they he literally Guys. runs into one wolf. <laughs> one wolf? Yes. Gary Paulson also wrote a book called Liar Liar. <gasps> Bam. <laughs> liar Liar, The Theory, Practice, and Destructive Properties of Deception. Written in 2011. Now, I wonder... Probably based off the movie. Probably. Most likely. The, the novelization of the movie Liar Liar. Yep, that makes sense to me. It is in the same universe. I wonder if Hatchet. I wonder if Ed McMahon was associated with Publishers <laughs> Clearinghouse in that universe. <laughs> well, the the sequel to Liar Liar is Flat Broke, <laughs> the theory, practice, and destructive properties of greed. Oh. So I'm sure he comes into uh, into play in that book there. Nice. This is all coming together. Man, Gary Paulson thought of everything. Mm-hmm. We gotta get him on the show. He's like Nostradamus. I've got a Ouija board somewhere. We can try. Yeah. Maybe get one of those spirit boxes. Now we just evolved into crazy talk. Yeah. (laughs) I I do have to say, though, I I enjoyed this book. I want to go. I would like to read more Gary Paulson books in the future, for sure. Um, I concur. I believe I've read Wood Songs, so that might be a good one to do at some point because, but I don't remember what it's about exactly. So I wanted I wanted to Dog Song because it says author of Dog Song, and so I was like, okay, well that's how he got this book is by getting that book. Yeah, but, but Andy hates Andy hates dogs. I don't even know what it's about. Let me see. Well, singing dogs. It's Let me bing it. Dogs. It's not even realistic. They put on a talent show to save. Um... To save the three-legged dog from being put down. That sounds like an excellent story, actually. Uh, it is the story of Russell, a 14-year-old Eskimo going on the journey to become a man. So it's Call of the Wild, but with an Eskimo. Yes. Right? I knew it. Okay. I don't know what the proper I knew term it. is anymore. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> it's late, you guys. We have not been staying up as late as we used to. <laughs> no, I definitely haven't. I wake up at four o'clock in the morning. I recently turned thirty-eight. I'm an old man. Yo, oh, that's right. You know oh, what? Yeah. We're gonna Happy do birthday. it right here. Happy birthday, Andy. I saw it pop up <laughs> on my Facebook thing and I was clearing notifications. I'm like, I'll have to text him in a little bit, and then I never did. <laughs> and then I got a Discord message from Janelle asking me if I wanted to come out with you guys to the crazy quarters, and I'm like Oh, that would have been nice to see this two days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. No, it's all good. I I appreciate the thought that almost led to action. Yes. (laughs) And I mean, you can't be mad about the happy birthday thing. We're almost 40. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I am 40. So 
And we gave you a uh, happy 40th birthday when you turned 40. We did. Sure did. Yep. It was uh, even on your 40th Andy. birthday that we recorded that whatever episode that was. I think so. I don't even, rem- I don't even remember what which one that was. Andy? Yes. I'm going lavish on this one. Ooh. I want you to go ahead and insert something really cool for your birthday right here. All right. Inserting it now. <laughs> You're welcome. I did that for you. Yeah, but did you have to take off your clothes? (laughs) It was part of the tradition, Andy. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing I could only hear it. It was the conservative (laughs) thing to do. (laughs) Thank God for the medium of audio. (laughs) Oh, so hatchet. We yeah. are going to be doing uh, survival books for every book in this chapter. Um, I kind of like to compare the stats here. Brian survived 54 days, I think it was. Okay. In the Canadian wilderness. <clears throat> and it was like late summer. Early summer. He was going Early to summer. his dad's for the summer. All right. All right. We'll kind of line up the stats based on the, the survival story. And I don't know. Just <laughs> see who would win see in a what, survival. See test. what we get. Yes, we'll yeah. pit we'll pit them against each other in a in a, in a battle of wits. We might even throw Sam Gribbley in there. Oh man, that's not know. fair. Sam Gribbley can referee. <laughs> Sam Gribbley can referee. It'll be like this. It'll be a tournament in uh, done in his name. How about yes, that? There the, we Sam go. Gribbly games. <laughs> the Sam Gribbley games. The Sam Gribbley games. <laughs> <laughs> Winter gets to live in his tree house for a year. Yeah, which is better than most modern homes. Yep. Right. Winter gets the other side of the mountain. Yeah, the other side of the mountain. But no no falcons for them because they're endangered. Well, they got to get their own falcon. Yeah. Find your own falcon. This one's mine. And what are we doing next? Next episode, we are going to be reading The Boxcar Children, the first in that series by Gertrude Chandler Warner. Very good. Now, I did read some Boxcar Children when I was a kid, but I will say that there was a lady at the doctor's office when I had first broken my foot, and Mm -hmm. I was telling her about our show, and she was older, um, Mm -hmm. definitely outside our demographic, but she was talking (laughs) about the boxcar children, and I told her that we'd probably do one, and she really wanted to know the name of the show. So if you're still listening, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Hi there, ma'am. But we are getting to a boxcar children episode. Um, (laughs) Yep, and that's going to be probably next week. Yep. (laughs) I think we decided we're going to take this from a weekly show to whenever the fuck we're ready show. <laughs> or most likely bi-weekly, but yeah, yeah, yeah probably bi bi-weekly. Just uh, what with our work yeah. schedules being what they are, and it being summertime, and yeah, yeah. So we don't want to push ourselves too hard. No, no. Right now, we've got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up at work, and it's super hot right now. So I'm definitely not mm. going to want to be getting out after a ten hour day on a Tuesday, and then coming home and recording. Right. And then the <laughs> so. next. The next couple of books after Boxcar Children are kind of uh, kind of longer, so yep, we don't want to force ourselves to have to read it in a in just a week's time with all that's going on, because we value our our personal lives mm-hmm. as as should you, as and should we, we all. Quality over quantity. It's true. So next next episode is going to be quality. Yeah, about the Boxcar Children. About the Boxcar Children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And speaking of quantity of episodes, do we want to discuss? Yes. That? I was going to say, do we want to uh, say anything so, about that? <laughs> so we will no longer have choose your own adventure episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we yes. hit the big time, and apparently it was not oh it was not liked of us to do that. So we are complying and taking them down. We are going to figure out something to take up the fifth book slot. Hopefully, and, if not, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I still think that doing an actual children's book for the fifth fifth book and just having it be an ad hoc, like fast, shorter episode, is not a bad idea. Yeah, we can talk about so- making the sausage later, though. Yeah. So yeah, but right. I'm but just yeah. putting it yeah. out there in case I could be behind any, that. any of the loyal listeners want to agree at all. Yeah, um, <laughs> we definitely want to re- replace. We want to replace choose your own adventures with something. Yes, we yes. just don't definitely. know what. So yeah, if you're if you're looking at the if you're looking at our catalog and noticing it's a little bit uh, a little bit light by six or seven episodes, then that's why we had to take all those episodes out. Yes, but I'm keeping my collection because yes, hopefully we can do something and be able to uh, put them back up and do them again. So we will see. <laughs> but yes so with that jarring news that i know just <laughs> ripped everybody apart yeah no sorry to be the bearer of bad news but <laughs> the good news is we'll be back next week with an episode on the boxcar children so until then support your local libraries and independent booksellers give a shit read some lit have a good one thanks everybody This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends and part of the 989 Podcast Network. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgic friends, and most importantly, rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I mention we really want some Spotify ratings right now? Your ratings and reviews go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. You're also invited to join the growing Reliterated community on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you really want to get nuts, we have a Discord too. So bing us and join us in this nonsense. If you have a book suggestion for a future episode or have questions for us, send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. So you decided to steal my brother Michelle? Sure voice? did. Yep, just like you always <laughs> steal my tagline, you dick. Dude, that's fucking bullshit, man. I don't ever take any of your stuff from you. <laughs> Who's never. that? That doesn't exist. Yeah. Don't even, <laughs> that's not one I don't of the even recognize I that about. as a thing. Yeah, you're always just trying to take all my fun stuff and use it as your own. Yep. Hey, I'm only going to take the good stuff. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm going to leave you all the all the terrible stuff. <laughs> Good. I like the stuff. <laughs>